0: Welcome to the Elder Law Coach Podcast, where you'll get the information you need to really help seniors lower your work stress, improve your work-life balance, and make a good living. Your hosts are certified elder law attorney, Todd Whatley, and his co-host, Sarah Scott. They're here to help you do just that. Join us today as we discuss hot topics in elder law and topics to help you help our seasoned citizens and their families. Here's your Elder Law Coach podcast hosts, licensed nursing home administrator, Sarah Scott and Todd Whatley. Welcome to the Elder Law Coach Podcast. My name is Sarah Scott, and I'm so happy to be sitting alongside and co-hosting with the Elder Law Coach himself, Todd Watley. All
1: right. Thanks, Sarah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I truly, truly in love doing this podcast because it's what I love to do. My brain just kind of works this way, and I love answering questions and helping attorneys help seniors. You and I both love seniors, we you know it's just what we do and you as a social worker nursing home administrator adult daycare director and now intake coordinator in my office you spend a lot of time with older people just like I do and it's just one of the best jobs in the world and so today I want to continue um I did a podcast recently on um the Medicaid spin down for a married couple. And I I hope you've listened to that. Hope you enjoyed it and, and learned something because that is absolutely one of the cases where, um, or situations where you can do a tremendous amount of good and save the entire estate when people think it can't be done. Okay. So today I want to talk about the single person or the second spouse going in to the nursing home. So now there is no community spouse. We can't protect everything, but people think people will come into your office saying, Hey, mom's in the nursing home. She has $200,000. And we just assumed, you know, we know the rule is she's got to be under $2,000 or whatever your state number is. We know she's got to be down below that. And so we assume we just got to pay that on the nursing home. It's like, no, you really don't. Okay. Um, But planning for the single person is a whole lot easier than planning for the married person because your options are drastically limited. And basically, just to give you the nutshell version of this, is you basically give it all away, okay? And yes, you can give it all away as the person's going into the nursing home. Now, I'll cover that in detail, but let's talk about one of the misconceptions people have, and I'm sure some attorneys out there are like, wait, Todd, you just said we all know that the non-countable assets are the home, the household furnishings, a vehicle, and prepaid burial. You, You get to keep those and still qualify for Medicaid. Yes, I know that, and that is true. However, The interesting rule with Medicaid is sure, a single person can own a home. However, they can't pay for it because all of your income goes to pay for your care, but for your uh, personal allowance each month. And that ranges, I think, from 30 to probably 80 bucks per month. Well, that's not going to pay much home insurance, home um, taxes, things like that. So, One thing you have to tell people is, hey, yes, mom can own her home, but she can't pay for it. And if you don't do anything else with this home, or the reason Medicaid lets you own this home and still qualify for Medicaid is because it's a pot of money they're going to go after after mom dies to get their money back. That's the Medicaid lien. And so you want to protect your client from the Medicaid lien in that you don't want to lose everything when this person dies because they lose the home due to the lien. Okay. And so I explain that to clients and say, yeah, we can keep the house, but you probably don't want to because they could put a lien up to the full amount of the home and you would lose everything dealing with it. Now we can get rid of it. And sometimes we can get rid of it very effectively and at a lower price than normal, and. preserve some assets. But in general, of the amount that we give away, you as the family can protect about 50%. Okay, yes, we're going to get into the half a loaf procedure or concept here in single person Medicaid. All right. So basically, someone comes into you, for a single person going onto medicaid and whatever their assets are when we gift it away we can easily protect half now how is that the way that i explain that to the client is is to say yes we can make gifts yes there is a 5 year look back It's just a look back. It's not a prohibition on gifting. So many people think, oh, you can't make gifts within five years of applying for Medicaid. That is not the rule. The rule is there's a five-year look back. They're only looking to see if you have made gifts. Yes, you can make gifts. And for a single person, you should make gifts. All right? So the general concept is, let's say just for purely use of numbers here that are easy to calculate. If they come in with $100,000 and the penalty divisor in your state is $5,000 per month, I know that's extremely low and there's probably no state that low, but that's just a very easy number. So the concept is with Medicaid, if the person applying for Medicaid gives away $100,000, At $5,000 per month, that $100,000 would have paid for 20 months worth of nursing home care. So the penalty... And that word always scares people because they're like, I don't want to go to jail. There is no jail time. It's just the penalty is Medicaid says, fine, you can give away $100,000, but we're not going to pay for the nursing home for the next 20 months. Okay. Because 100,000 would have paid for 20, you gave it away. We as Medicaid are not going to pay for 20 months. So I tell the family in that situation, if we, Give it all away and do nothing else. Someone's got to pay for the nursing home since mom's there and Medicaid's not paying for it. You're going to spend that $5,000 back on the nursing home for the next 20 months. We lose everything. Okay. So that's the general concept. People understand that it's pure math. 100,000 divided by 5,000 is 20. Medicaid's not going to pay for those 20 months, so therefore you've got to pay it back. However, as attorneys, we can take advantage of these rules and and we say, look, what if we don't give away the entire $100,000? What if we only give away half of it? Okay, so we make a $50,000 gift and we tell Medicaid we made a $50,000 gift, so therefore that would have paid for 10 months worth of nursing home care. We take the other 50 and we do something with it. We get rid of it, but we get rid of it in a way that we use that to pay back during the 10-month penalty. They're like, oh, okay. So you do get to keep the initial 50. That's a gift that you get to keep. And we use mom's other $50,000 to pay for the nursing home during those 10 months. Okay. Simple math. All right. So once they understand that, I then say, okay, but what that example does not take into account is income. Her income's going to go pay for care. And so if her income is $2,500 a month, we'll use that to pay for the nursing home. We don't need to pay back $5,000 every month. We only have to pay back $2,500. So her $2,500 pay, let's change the numbers. She makes $2,000 a month. So her $2,000 goes to pay. We only have to pay back $3,000 to pay for the nursing home. So therefore, we're not paying back the entire amount with the penalty running every month. We get to save more money if, since her income is higher. So I say 50%, half a loaf, but with income, Half a loaf becomes 60% of the loaf or 70% of the loaf, okay? Depending on the income, when you factor in income, it throws off your numbers, but the higher the income, the more the family gets to keep, okay? And you're thinking, good Lord, Todd, how do you factor all that in? Well, That's a great question. Um, if you will email me at todd at theodorlawcoach.com and say, Todd, I need a copy of your golden formula. I will send you my golden formula that explains all of this and gives you a one-page worksheet. I tell you exactly what number to put in each of the blanks. You run through this, and when you run these numbers, including income and actual cost of care, what if the penalty divisor is $5,000 per month, but they're paying $6,000 a month? Well, that throws the numbers off even more this formula will help you understand exactly how that works. You put all of those numbers in the right spots, do the math, and you can tell a family with this much money, you're going to get to keep X number of dollars. And that's within a few hundred dollars. And I I say, it's not exactly, but it's very close to this much money. So if with the income, they get to keep 60% of the money rather than 50 with $100,000, you get to tell the family, look, you're going to get to keep $60,000 and only spend $40,000 because her income is there to help cover some of that. All right. So that's the general rule on gifting, the amount that you give.
0: Okay, that was a lot of information. I think it's time to take a break. So hang tight, listen to this message from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with you. Do you have clients who are
1: over-resourced for Medicaid, but interested in accelerating Medicaid eligibility while preserving their assets? Your clients may want to consider purchasing a Medicaid-compliant annuity, MCA, MCAs are specialized insurance
0: solutions offered by only a handful of insurance companies. To learn more about MCAs, reach out to Amber Hines at Ashbur. Ashbur is a nationally licensed organization that helps clients achieve Medicaid eligibility through the use of MCAs. Ashbur hosts monthly educational webinars pertaining to various Medicaid planning topics. To learn more, visit ashbur.com or call eight eight eight. 441-1595. You're listening to the Elder Law Coach Podcast. Now, back to your hosts, Licensed Nursing Home Administrator Sarah Scott and Todd Watley.
1: Now, how can we decrease the amount that we give to get them under $2,000? And what I'm referring to is the home, Okay. Check with your state, check and see if there are some creative ways that you can decrease the gifted amount of the home. So if the family's sitting there and they have this mom's home sitting out there, and they you, you say, How much is this home worth? Well, we think it's worth 250. Okay, great. Some states, the the one state that I practice in, one of these the states that I practice in, allows us to use the county assessed value as the fair market value. Almost always, they are getting better about it, but almost always the assessed value is dramatically lower than what it actually would sell for. So this $250,000 house very well could have a county assessment of one seventy. dollars So under the Medicaid rules, I would advise my clients, look rather than mom sell this house for two fifty and us have to gift two fifty and then run the numbers through that, why don't we give it to you, the kids, and they will penalize us at at one seventy. We run that through yes, they keep less money in the formula, but then when they sell it for eighty thousand dollars more, they get to keep the entire eighty thousand dollars. Now, what are we not talking about here? There is a tax issue here. So, if you give the house to the kids, they, they get her basis and it's not their home, so they don't get the $250 um, exclusion of selling your home. So there is going to be some tax hit there, but you've got to calculate that, know what the taxes are for that transaction compared to the amount. Like if it's drastically lower, like I've had a, a family come to me and they're like, um, mom's in the nursing home. She has, she's, um, rented for years, but she owns this piece of property out by the interstate and we just turned down $2 million for it. It's like, oh, you want me to get mom on Medicaid and she owns at least a $2 million piece of property? Yeah, can you? And I'm like, well, let's look at it. So we pulled the county records and it it said like $83,000, okay? Their valuation on this piece of property was $83,000. Using the Medicaid rules, we could submit saying she gifted an $83,000 piece of property. And yeah, the the family was going to pay a chunk of change in taxes, but mom was young enough and they thought she was going to be in the nursing home long enough that getting her on Medicaid was worth it for them to pay some some taxes on this property. And since it was not her home, she was going to pay capital gains anyway. So they just took it and just ran with it and got probably well over $2 million. Okay. So to them, it was worth it. Our job is to present the facts and say, Hey, here's the facts. Is this what you want to do? But please understand, go talk to a CPA about the tax implications of this. But that is a really cool way of getting the home gifted for cheaper. The other state that i practice in, they don't take the county assessment. They require you to get some kind of valuation by real estate agents or something to show true fair market value. So in those situations, it doesn't make any sense to give the house to the kids and sell. We just have mom sell the house. We take that money and then run that money through the golden formula to see how much they get to keep. Okay. Um, cars are kind of iffy. Yeah. She can own a car and still qualify. She's obviously not going to be driving because she's in a nursing home. Um, but sometimes a kid can drive the car if you know they just want to keep it. You can keep it without selling it. Just put another kid's name on um, the insurance. Be careful about putting them on the car because Medicaid could say, oh, they now own half the car. They didn't pay half, so that's a gift. But many, talk to the insurance company, see how we can get this person to drive without messing with the title yes, mom can own the car. She can't pay for it. She can't pay the taxes or insurance. The person driving the car should pay that, but you don't have to sell it and you don't have to give it away. But many times people are like, I don't want mom's car. Let's just sell it, add that to the other money and run that through the golden formula and tell us how much we get to keep. Okay. So basically that's how you get a single person on Medicaid or if it's the second spouse and just kind of a, Diversion here for just a second. People always ask me, well, you know, if you listen to the married couple qualification for Medicaid, you'll know we can get people get a married person on Medicaid with six, seven, eight hundred thousand, maybe a million dollars. All right. The rules are very generous for the community spouse. Why? Well, one is they've got to live. The other is Chances are she's not going on Medicaid anytime soon because now if she goes in to the nursing home and we just protected $800,000, we can protect half – Once you start getting up into the higher numbers, you start looking at the five-year gifting and things like that, and I'll go over that in just a second. But people think, oh, well, you're taking advantage of the system when you get this married person on Medicaid and you're protecting $800,000. No, you're just making it so that the other married person can't go on Medicaid, particularly for the next five years and probably forever, okay? So we're not chipping the system. We're just saying... This other spouse, when that second spouse goes in to the nursing home, it's as if she were single, and you you've got to run everything through just gifting it away and dealing with the penalty. So the numbers that I've used have been lower numbers. Okay, let's take a break for just a second, Sarah. I know I'm just talking nonstop here, but um, I think we should take a break and then we'll come back and talk about higher levels of assets and how we can protect those people. All right, we are back from our break. Taking a breather for just a second. So we've talked about lower assets, single people or the the second spouse going in. What if someone comes in with considerably more money? Okay. We can still get them on Medicaid, but not for five years, okay? And that's due to the five-year look back. And I think Congress, they're not stupid. I don't think they're the smartest group in the world, but they're not stupid. And they realized people can give away things and we don't want people giving away assets and applying for Medicaid the next day and getting on Medicaid the next day. There's gotta be some process here. And so they have factored in, and I've been doing this since right at 2000, Ninety nine, two thousand, and back then there was a three year look back. Well, in two thousand six, Congress looked at this again and said, "Nah, we need to change this. People are living longer, um, healthcare has gotten better, and so now we're imposing a five year look back." And so Congress knows exactly what they're doing, and they they have essentially made this agreement. It's like, look, yeah, you can give away everything that you want to, but just understand. You're not going to qualify for Medicaid until the amount that you gave away would have paid for the nursing home or five years, whichever shorter, okay? So if you have the, the second spouse coming in that you just protected $800,000 on, you're not going to get them on Medicaid in less than five years. But what you do is you you run the numbers to say, okay her nursing home is $8,000 a month. Her income is $2,000 a month. That's a $6,000 difference. So $6,000 difference, that's what you've got to pay each month, times 60 months is $360,000. So the next five years, based on today's numbers, and I would increase that just a little bit because nursing homes typically go up higher than their their social security does, so that six thousand is going to grow some every year, but just in general numbers, the nursing home today cost eight. She makes two. That's a six thousand dollar difference. For the next five years, we need at least three hundred sixty thousand dollars. If she's got eight hundred, then okay, let's do the math and say okay, with inflation, nursing homes outpacing the increase in social security, let's say she needs $400,000 to cover the next five years. Okay. So with 800,000, we're going to give away 400 and you run the numbers and that probably results in a higher than, um, 60 month penalty. So that's fine because as long as they don't apply for the next five years, we just have to get through the 60 the month look back and we've preserved enough money to she keeps $400,000 so that she can pay for the nursing home for the next five years. And then on the 61st month, we look at it and say, ah, oh, we timed that perfectly. The $400,000 is gone. She's broke. She has no gifts within the previous 60 months 61, yeah, but not 60. <coughs> and we can now apply for medicaid and she goes on medicaid and the family has the $400,000 that was gifted 5 years ago it's pretty simple okay it's math but people don't understand the math and they will come to you for the math to understand how can we do this and then you can also tell them look yeah she's going to keep $400,000 but let's put this in a trust account or payable on death or whatever so that at her death, this money also goes to the kids. And so you're really not losing anything. You are making this gift. And when you're looking at assets, you need to look at what type of assets they are, particularly um, taxable, tax deferred assets. So you want her to obviously keep her IRAs, and if it works out perfectly of the $800,000, hopefully less than $400,000 of that is IRA money. And so therefore you keep the IRAs, gift everything else away, work through the five years at the end of five years. Hopefully everything has worked out since she is cashing in IRAs to pay for medical care. There should not be a huge tax hit there, and but you've spread that tax hit over five years, everything's beautiful. Okay. And so for cases like that, typically I charge an upfront fee to come up with the plan, say $2,500, 3000 And then I tell them when you, if she is still alive 61 months from now, come back and see me and we'll do the application. And I typically set some price to say, you know, I'll, I will give you whatever I'm charging at that point, I will give you credit for this $2,500 off of that fee, and that just gets them to come back and see you. You get the Medicaid application fee, it's just spread over five years. Okay, so it's putting money in the bank for the future if she survives. Okay, I hope that makes sense to you. The key though is with a, a single person or the second spouse going into the nursing home, the key is gifting. And with gifting, you have to understand the um, formula to factor in actual cost of care and actual income to tell the family exactly how much they get to keep I have done the hard work for you email me at Todd at the dot com, and I will um, get you that formula all right Sarah I know I've talked a lot today but uh, this is you know just something I, I love to do and I appreciate you sitting here and listening to me and passing me notes to bring up things. And so thank y'all very much for listening. And um, again, if you need me, Todd at the ElderLawCoach.com.
0: As always, we love bringing you information. This is Sarah Scott and Todd Watley from The Elder Law Coach Podcast. Hope you enjoyed what you learned today and catch us next time. You've been listening to Todd Whatley and Sarah Scott on The Elder Law Coach Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you want more information on Todd's coaching program to help you learn elder law and grow your practice, contact him at Todd at The Elder Law Coach or visit the website theelderlawcoach.com.